2: Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson on demand. Now, he said, Good morning from Phoenix,
3: Arizona, where it will hit 90 degrees today. Uh. Listen, Tom, be very grateful. You are the age that you are, and you have the ability to be in Phoenix, because quite frankly, it's all I can think about right now.
2: How about that?
3: Do you know how many snowbirds are stuck up here right now, for whatever reason, not being able to get out of Canada into the warm locales? November's like the worst month to be stuck here.
4: Yep, yep, yep. At least by January, February, you're used to. This is the Rod Peterson Show.
3: It is. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to a brand new week of the RP Show. It is your favorite Sports Talk Show, and we are taking flight now for the first of two hours. Hope you're ready to talk sports today. Uh, we got the birthday boy ah. with us here, Darren Moose DuPont. How you doing, Moose? I'm doing well. Are we Thank telling you. people how old you are?
4: Let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: he was born in eighty
4: seven. Do there the math. Exactly. Do the math. It's not like we haven't said that on the show.
3: Uh no. And uh, boy, we're it's gonna be a lot of fun today. Uh, coming up on the program. Will Blackman's gonna be joining us from the NFL Network. And it's an interesting story from Will Blackman. He was f- with the Saskatchewan. Rough Riders for one game in 2018, my last season with the club. And you saw that he got tongues wagging, if you will, when he was on the store on the show at a New York with Julie Stewart Binks last week, when he referred to Saskatchewan as exactly like green Bay smells like farm and cattle and manure. Um, He'll be with us to talk about Super Bowl 55. He's time in Saskatchewan. We're going to clarify a few things, but Will Blackman of the NFL Network coming up in hour one, Arash Madani of Sportsnet in hour two, along with Mo Egger, and you'll be hearing his voice coming up in future episodes for an intro. You have to. He's the guy from ESPN 1530 in Cincinnati that ripped me a new one for mocking the Cincinnati Bengals' new uniforms, which is kind of funny because last week I just, off the cuff, somebody said, what do you think of the uniforms? And I went off that on that mini tangent yeah. on the Bengals. Well, it ruffled the feathers of Mo Egger, who really let me have it on Friday afternoon, and it really hurt my feelings. And he's going to come on today, and we're going to have a fun back and forth. Don't think that we're going to get up in his face and it's going to be a war because it's not.
4: It's going to be fun. It will be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It was uh, It was highly entertaining radio and you know what he's proud of his team they need a rebrand right he's like we need a rebrand nothing's been going right so
3: i know i i I always like to save these types of comments when we go to television an hour two incidentally this is our last week of not being two hours on national television because next week we go to two hours daily and i won't have to worry about one hour on one hour off But I used to get so excited with my radio show. If somebody was paying attention and listening in swift current, if I ruffled feathers there, just a couple hours down the highway, this is Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. It's a tremor. Big rock going into the,
4: uh, into the pool. Uh, totally. I was thinking about that. I'm like, you know, when you were on local radio in Regina, the ripples you sent off, they reached Moose Jaw and maybe Swift Current. That's big for around here. But now in the television world, <laughs> in, like, social media, these tremors are hitting uh, North America. Game
3: Plus airs all across Ohio, by the way. Yeah. But I still want to find out why or how Mo Egger found us. That's the only thing that I care about out of the whole comments. Anyways, that's the the lineup of the show today. Let's go to the Quick Six show topic, please director Jordan. Thank you very much. Well, number 1, where do we start? Super Bowl 55, the combatants have been named. Wonderful Sunday of football watching. It's going to be Tampa Bay versus Kansas City, second straight year that it's an all red Super Bowl. Remember last year? Yeah. 49ers and Chiefs that's all right. red. It's happening again this year. So that's point one. We got two weeks to talk about the matchup. Point two uh, was the scores in Sunday's conference championship games. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers held on to beat Green Bay 31-26. We talk about those games. I know you want to. Oh, yeah. And we'll get into that with Will Blackman. The inexplicable, well, despicable, inexplicable decision by Matt LaFleur to kick a field goal late. Now, he was a longtime offensive coordinator of the Titans. So you know him well. Very well when they kicked the field goal with 2 minutes to go down at that time 7 8 i was like it's o- it's over
4: it's over were you not thinking the same thing yeah and i was i'm watching that and i'm sitting there thinking okay they have to get in the end zone two of the next three plays cuz they have to get the touchdown and they need the two point conversion yeah. now against anybody else i'm okay with the call because look at you get the touchdown And you get the two-point conversion. You're still tied, and the other team has a chance to win. You still need a stop, right? So now with the field goal, when you get get the stop, you're going for the win now, right? As opposed to getting the stop and playing for overtime. But this is Tom Brady. This is the greatest of all time. doesn't matter if he's 43, right? You're going to put the ball in his hands and hope you get it back? Are you literally trying to defend Matt Lafleur? No, there's no defensive kicking no, the field goal there because it's Tom Brady. If there was somebody else, if you weren't playing Tom Brady, I'd say there might be a reason to kick the field goal because you're hoping to get the stop. But to give the ball into Tom Brady's hands and just hope you get the ball back is a bad decision to make. And we saw those in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. We saw them in bad Tennessee. Decisions? Some bad decisions. Uh, I'm just checking in with some of our viewers. Uh, Tame Welker writes
3: in and he says, "Can't beat Brady." CBB. For a second, I thought that's what CBC stood for, and then I realized it's CBB. Okay, can't beat Brady. Well, we're going to find out in Super Bowl 55. And then the other game, I really had to budget my sports watching yesterday. I told you how I do that, and I don't mind budgeting my sport watching time. I don't want to be that husband that watches all day and all night and ignores my family. So I had to watch the Tampa Bay game, and then watched a little bit of the Flames-Leafs game. Leafs one of course. Yep. You're probably happy with how they looked. Yeah. I didn't watch much of that either though. Watched a bit of the Jets Oilers, but then had to watch Yellowstone and had to watch some of the other Netflix Shows I barely watched any of the Kansas City-Buffalo game, and I don't think I missed much. 38-24,
4: Chiefs routing the Bills. It was never in doubt. No, it wasn't. And yeah, Buffalo went up early and and looked strong early, but that happens against Kansas City. They kind of come in lackluster, and then they put their foot on the gas, right? And, you know, against that team, you just can't settle for field goals. And Buffalo was settling for field goals, and it just... They didn't get things going. Kansas City was really good in pass coverage. And, and uh, Buffalo didn't, you know, utilize the ground game well enough. And Patrick Mahomes stayed healthy. He ran enough. He, was, he looked pretty good. They're the Chiefs.
3: I appre- Who owned the Chiefs? I appreciate those that are chiming in with their comments today. Todd Pinkney writes in and he says, A.B., Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell playing in the Super Bowl without Big Ben. And that just triggers an avalanche of thoughts for me, which I'll come back to. Edmund Bankowski, my first ever statistician, says he's watching from Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. Don McNeil in Central Ontario says they gave up 31, the Packers, and then LaFleur thought this this D was gonna stop the Buccaneers. Really? I know, right? With two minutes to go, all they really needed to do was get one first down in the round of time. I know. It makes it makes no sense to me. But back to the Le'Veon Bell. Antonio Brown thing. And A.B., do we know he's going to play? Because he didn't play yesterday. No, he didn't. I, I think they're hopeful he's but going it, to play. It's two weeks, so he should be able to recover. Yeah. But you coaches, come on. Come, come with me on this one. Look at all the guys that threw fits and wanted out of their programs that have come out smiling on the other side. I kind of have a problem with that. Patrick, line A aside. But Le'Veon Bell wants out of Pittsburgh, wants out of the Jets, and now he's in the Super Bowl. A.B., What's this, act like you're a freaking Martian Uh, like from another planet, throw a fit, and end up on a
4: Super Bowl team? I know. I don't like the message that it sends. The the one thing to consider, though, is that it didn't happen right away. And so it wasn't like they left for Super Bowl champions. Antonio Brown went to Vegas, went to New England, right? Same thing with Le'Veon Bell when he went to the Jets and struggled. But... There's still enough left in the tank that they, that, that they were able to get a flyer on him and, and get him into Kansas City and, and, and Tampa well, Bay. But it, it's not a good look. You shouldn't be able to stomp your feet and just go to a championship team. And get what you want. And get what you want. It, I'm just, it, it, it sends a bad message to little kids. And I'm not the one that says
3: pro athletes should be role models. Um, parents should be role models. But still, kids are watching. And they're seeing, if I throw a fit, I'm going to get what I want. It's not a good message. Continuing, uh, point three, very simply, what's with the crowds? You saw that I lit a stink bomb yesterday. I know. On Twitter, you liked it. I noticed that. Uh, 8,500 in Green Bay, 17,000 in Kansas City. How come they can have crowds and we don't? It just created a fun discussion for 24 hours after I tweeted that. Um, For those that get upset, and a lot of people did, Some were very respectful. They're like, Rod, you're a good guy, but here's why we don't have crowds and why they do. And look at these COVID numbers and deaths in America versus Canada. Um, They were very respectful about it, and I appreciate that because I wasn't looking for a fight. I was looking for a discussion. And I guess my only thought is there are different perspectives on the pandemic, particularly as they relate to sports. Can we look at another perspective that's all, because I am, and I continue to stick up for sports and be pro sports. And uh, there's a lot of people that aren't, and I'm not moving off that. Do you
4: they're, have a point on that? They're doing it everywhere. My friend Cole is down in Dallas. He's been working down there um, for you know probably a couple of years now. He was at the Stars game, and he's surprised at how few people there were, but there were still people at the hockey game. Yep. And Tampa's going to have 22,000 for the Super Bowl you know, at the, at the football game. Now, what I haven't seen, and maybe it's just because I'm not looking in the right places or it's not in my social media timelines, I haven't seen NFL crowds going crazy, getting out of hand, ignoring COVID protocols and things like that. It's the NFL. So in those stadiums, they've got it locked down. The security's there. So all the protocols are in place, like we talked about, to get the CFL back in order. Look, at anytime you're walking around, just like in restaurants, you got to wear your mask. When you're sitting in your seat, you got to wear your mask, except when you're having your food or drink, yeah. right? So that's the rules set up in the NFL, and for the most part, people are pretty respectful of that. Yeah, you see guys standing up for the anthem without their mask on. Well, they were probably just having their beer, and you forget to put it up. Like you can excuse a little bit of that, but they're doing a good job. The fans are being respectful. You know, security's keeping them in line. They've made it work. We should be able to do it here. Jeff, the Stamps fan, chimes in and he says, it's easy to be a
3: Monday morning quarterback, isn't it? And that's with me, I guess, primarily not agreeing with Matt LaFleur kicking a field goal down eight with two minutes to go in a conference championship game. Look, it's not about that. And you saw LaFleur after the game. I'm not saying, Jeff, that you're wrong and I'm right. This goes back to perspective. Depends which side of the uh, ball you're on. But LaFleur said after the game, well, of course... I'm going to be second-guessed. It didn't work. If it worked, maybe I'm not 2nd second- They all say that, right? I know. It reminds me of the West final when the Riders were down first and goal from the inside the five against the Blue Bombers, yep. and they're trotting out Brian Bennett. And I'm watching from the CTV luxury st- suite going, no, 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 no. What are you doing? You haven't used Brian Bennett all year in this situation. You're going to use him now with a game on the line? Which he didn't get into the end zone, and it cost the offensive coordinator Stephen Mack to do the job. That's all that I'm saying. So what, if Brian Bennett had scored a touchdown, McAdoo would have kept his job? No, it was still stupid. This is the playoffs. You're not living for another day. This not a regular season game here. You go for the touchdown, and you go for two. Not shocked that Lafleur would say that after the game, because they always say that, right? Because they'll never admit that they made a mistake. This was a mistake. Cost them a game. Anyways, we're running out of time. This is the warm-up for uh, the Four Seasons Sports Palace. Come in and warm up the Four Seasons. You're home for the NFL. Point four. We got to fly through this, but NHL Sunday, 11 games. And among the winners, the Leafs, as we mentioned, the Oilers in a thriller against the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Pittsburgh won. Anaheim won. The Vegas Golden Knights shut out Arizona. They're five and one. Did the number one team of the NHL, just pointing it out, is the Vegas Golden Knights. For, for anybody that didn't know that, okay, but quickly to point five, there's only one game Monday, Ottawa at Vancouver. I'm sure the NHL, would they have taken into account the fact that it was conference final Sunday and the NFL or not? It
4: I makes don't, no sense. I don't know if it was, you know, based on building availabilities or not, but you'd think you'd have the 11 games now and only one game yesterday. But you know what? It's how it worked out. Maybe that, you know, the focus to try and have more games on those weekend dates and less on during the week. But yeah, that's a bit of a head scratcher for me for sure.
3: Other than Nelson pointed it out. I saw my boy Scruffy pointing it out on Twitter. All of this, like you have 11 games on Conference Final Sunday, but one on Monday when nothing else is going on. But aren't we picky? Didn't look like we were going to have any sports at all. I know. So now we're bitching about the scheduling. So anyways, kind of hot. Thanks, Pinks. I, I just had to throw that out there, writing about the... We got your comment in, Pinks. Oh, point six. Randy Ambrosi's letter to fans. That dropped after we got off the air on Friday. I don't know where you are on that. Um, for those that missed it, and I'm sure most of you watching did see that the commissioner of the CFL sent out a letter to fans saying they're determined to play, they're hopeful to play. Uh, we're wondering how you are. It was a very warm letter from the commissioner of the CFL. And then over the weekend, I got a lot more intel on what the CFL is looking
4: at. Um, they're going to need fans dupes big time they're going to need fans that's what we're hearing right yeah. that they need to have fans that they're not working on they, you know when, when we hear the the presidents come out in the league you know come out and say we're working on you know op- options and it's you know half capacity quarter capacity 5000 10000 15000 fans whatever the number is they're not never not once did i hear a plan in case there's no fans right no they might still be working on it but i want to know that hey look at we're working on plans no matter what, including no fans. But it doesn't look like that's the case. The update, it was nice to hear from them. It was nice to hear from the presidents that they've got plans in place. But the letter from Randy was great. It was nice to hear him, but it was an update about nothing. I mean, it wasn't really a plan to play. It wasn't really a promise of playing. It was a, hey, we hope to play. Well, we know you hope to play. It's your business. <laughs> we hope to have the business open. Well,
3: so this is the peril the Canadian Football League finds itself in. If they can't get fans into the stadiums, And they're unable to raise corporate bucks to cover off the lost revenue from tickets. They're done. They're not playing, and therefore, they're done. That's the state of the CFL today. But the actual CFL report's coming up a little later on. Two uh, last notes. um, Point seven, if you will, here for the quick six. Karel Sapotic of the Kamloops Blazers is in hospital after a tragic, life-altering snowboarding incident over the weekend, which I believe was here in Saskatchewan. There was no details made public about that, but I was talking to some scouts this morning and they said he's from Aberdeen, Saskatchewan town. So um, the WHL sending out a release, thoughts and prayers with Karel Sapotic and hoping for the best. There's not much more that can be said about that. And I, I guess is Will Blackman checked in? Not, Not yet. Well, I'll go one more minute on this. Because I see all the Jets fans chiming in, and I love me some Winnipeg who would have thought, write it down, it passed the spell check, Winnipeg and I are tight. I know. And the Jets fans are writing in saying the hardcore Jets fans are happy with the line A trade. And I would think so. I'm like, are Jets fans a little like Ryder fans in that? People will pop off with an, without, with an opinion, not knowing all the facts? Is that a thing? Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And Because for, I know for a fact it is in Edmonton. Here's the thing with Line A, and I'm not a Jets fan, but I'm a Jets observer, okay? He was the most exciting player on the team, there's no doubt, but he wanted out. I don't know why. I went on Instagram Live Saturday with Brian Munns, longtime Winnipeg Jets broadcaster, and I had these questions. I said, one, was he not playing last week because because of a dispute with the team? And he's like, no, he was legitimately hurt. Two, he is a great guy. Was unhappy with his role. Darren, wouldn't be the first, not going to be the last. No kidding. Right? So now he can go to Columbus and fight it out with John Tortorella. See how that goes. And in the case of Pierre-Luc Dubois, it's been haunting me for days that on Friday morning on TSN uh, 1290 in Winnipeg that I said that Dubois soft. I didn't mean he's soft. He's been playing soft. Doesn't mean he's soft. You know what I mean? You can act like an asshole but not be an asshole.
4: Right. Right? There's a difference. He's throwing a fit, Yeah, and it's not a good look. Right. It doesn't mean that he's that guy through and through. Well, in hockey terms, in life terms, calling somebody soft
3: is like one of the worst things you can call somebody. And it just slipped out. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that about Pierre-Luc Dubois, but I also didn't think he'd end up being a Winnipeg Jet 24 hours later. But anyways, I think... Right now it's a win for both sides and we'll know in probably two years who won the trade. Yeah. But it's sports now. Everybody wants to declare a winner. Who won the trade? We have no idea. They haven't even suited up yet for their respective teams. But anyways, the Jets are uh, they're off tonight. Lost a heartbreaker against the orders yesterday. But hey, we're a week into this thing, okay? Oh yeah. So let's not get too wild. We'll uh, take a break. Will Blackman in next from the NFL Network. Mo Egger, my new buddy from ESPN Cincinnati, coming up in a Madani too. You're watching the RP Show on uh, live daily on YouTube, Game Plus TV, and listen live for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com.
2: Head to youtube.com slash Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show.
3: It is. And just ahead of Will Blackman, I we've turned on the Prairie Mobile text line. All right. Prairie Mobile text line 306-840-8777. Prairie Mobile is your authorized SaAS Mobility dealer. This text came in on Friday after the show, after we went off the air, from Chuck in Winnipeg. Hey, Rod, how come no show today? It's not even on the guide. I missed my
4: daily fix. They want us in Winnipeg. What's the deal? You know. What happened? I don't know. (laughs) Somebody didn't update the program guide. We were on Friday. Yeah, we were on the air, Chuck. We were on the air. So uh, um, Don't fall for what it says on your... uh, Yeah, I want to say... Don't get into a habit of tuning in hoping that the Oprah Winfrey show is not the Oprah Winfrey show. Yeah. Maybe maybe today it'll be Rod. But no, uh, I think it was a problem with, with the television guy. But. With the program guy. But not we were on issue. the
3: air on Friday. Anyways, Will Blackman's got a very celebrated pro football career. Green Bay Packers for... Four seasons, 06, 07, 08, 09, New York Giants for a couple, Arizona Rattlers, the Seattle Seahawks, Jaguars in 2013-14, back to the Seahawks, couple seasons with the Redskins, and then the cherry on top was 2018 with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, <laughs> and, and look at this, Will Blackman joining us today from the NFL Network down in the OC, how you doing Will, Good to, good to hear from you.
5: I'm good. Listen, I, I need to make like one, just one correction. I actually technically did not play for the Rattlers, okay? I I didn't play for them. I signed. I actually did sign a, a contract for them to have my rights. But bef- it's funny. The week before I had a report to the Rattlers, I got signed by the Seahawks. So I never actually played for the Rattlers. But it's well, it's there.
3: You know. You'll have to get in touch with Wikipedia. But would you, have you played any form of arena football at all anywhere? Wouldn't it have been nice to have that on your Never. resume? Wouldn't no, you like to? Not really.
5: No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> not I that
5: I guess it just no. It, it would have, it would have been a weird transition to go straight from the NFL to indoor. And a lot of GMs are like, dude, just don't do it. Just keep training. Cause I was still young, you know, and I was again, I was just trying to Just stay active and get some film, which is, you know, we'll get to eventually. But it's the same reason why I made a decision to go to the CFL, too.
3: Oh, well, I get it. But you also see those wide receivers going to catch a touchdown pass and whack right over the boards. You know, it's it's almost kamikaze stuff in the Arena League, as you know. Well, hey, do you want to jump into uh, the Saskatchewan stuff yet? Or do you want to talk about Super Bowl 55? We're going to talk about it at some point. Where do you want to we go? We can first? get right
5: to it. We can okay. get right to it. Yeah. OK, so Julie Stewart Binks yeah, yeah.
3: is, is, is a very close friend of mine. And she wrote me before Jazz your B's interview. Cool. Yeah, she's like, what do I need to know about Will Blackman? He said not to ask about Saskatchewan. I said, then don't ask him about Saskatchewan. <laughs> and yeah. then and then you bring it up.
5: That's hilarious. I didn't know. I didn't know I told her not to do that. I never said that. I'm fair game. I'm, I'm all in for any question.
3: Well, I gotta go back and check. I'll, I'll screenshot the text and send it to you. But uh, good. it was kind of it was kind of funny. Um, so, did you get a backlash from the? Like, I laughed. I was born and raised here. I'm a farm kid, so the smell of manure I don't even notice it anymore.
5: But did no, you get, it's, that, that was. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. No, no, because one, it wasn't a slight because it was familiar. I, again, I got drafted to the Green Bay Packers. I remember getting off the getting off the plane, and it's the Midwest, and I was like, "Oh, this is farm country. This is the Midwest." And when I landed uh, in in Regina, same thing. I was like, "Oh, this is just like Green Bay. No, no tall buildings, flat land, and then everything was all about the team. Everything was green. I mean, they're a green team." Sold out every every uh every week, and I was like, okay, this is the CFL of Green Bay, which is a massive compliment, by the way.
3: Oh, I agree. I and I never took it in any way as an insult. Of course, CFL. I didn't think fans, you did.
5: I know some people did. Some people was like, <laughs> oh, he said, it. well, it does, but that's not well, a bad thing. Uh, he has, I know. You guys have great fertilizer.
3: Well, that's some. So CFL fans are going. What Blackman's saying is Saskatchewan smells like crap, and I'm like, that that that's the way you're <laughs> taking it that's not what he meant, but I, I, have never been to green Bay, but I've been to Texas multiple times. And it's the same thing. I stepped off the plane and go, I know that smell. Does Texas not smell the same?
5: Texas does. And and some areas do, but green, green Bay is, I mean, by far the the best comparison,
3: right? Okay. Gotcha. Well, where was, we're happy to have you. And I just, the reason I thought you didn't want to talk about Saskatchewan was it wasn't very long. Like you, what I remember is you got hurt in your first game. And only game. We we're all excited about, well, Blackman's here, man. Let's see what he can do. And then it was a lower body injury, right? What do you remember about that?
5: No, I, I never got hurt. I, I did not get hurt that game. I played that whole game.
3: <laughs> okay. Well, then they told me that you got hurt. That's what it was. No. So, how no. How come it didn't continue? Who told you I got hurt? Those coaches that you were referring to in your interview.
5: <laughs> no. Okay. So uh, here's the story, right? So um, I'm – Going back and forth between like, okay, I'm working out for teams. I worked out for the Browns, and then I had a couple uh, TV deals, like NFL Network. A couple of guys were calling, a couple of networks were calling, and I'm like, gosh, I still want to play football because I I feel great, you know. So talking to my agent, like, okay, you know, there's possibility of opportunity for the um, the CFL, and my agent had a great connection with some of the uh, management there, and I'm like, gosh, I I don't want to go to the CFL because I feel like if you go there, then you know, it would be hard to get back to the NFL. And I'm like, okay, so let me, let me talk to them. Let me find out what the situation is. Cause like, I'm not going to go up there if I'm not playing, you know? And so talking to Jonesy, Chris Jones going back and forth with him for weeks. And he's just like, you know, we had really good conversations and it's like, basically I want you to come here and you're going to start, you know, getting ready for the, uh, what is the banjo classic? Is that what it is? Banjo bowl, um, banjo bowl, banjo bowl, excuse me, banjo bowl, getting ready for that. And I'm like, okay, well, if I'm, if, I, if I'm starting, then yeah, I'll play, you know? And so we're going back and forth, and I remember um, that he had a, a total game plan for me. So I actually delayed it. I didn't play in the first one. And then the week after, I was like, okay, this would be a good opportunity for me to go out there, play football, you know, get some film since I've been out a whole year. Let's go play football. So I go out there. Uh, he and I, we meet privately. We go over the game plan. He gets me up to speed because I'm playing I'm playing that week, you know, and uh, excuse me, the following week. So what happens is when I get there, you obviously you, you have to be either on an active roster. If you're not, if you're not on the active roster, which I wasn't when I first got there, you know, you obviously have to practice hard. And then afterwards you have to do one-on-ones and which hmm. I love because I wanted to get used to the high motion. That was something brand new. So I stayed after practice every day and did one-on-ones and the the, the rule is, once you make the active roster, you do not have to do one-on-ones anymore. It's it's a choice. And so the following week, when I did make the one-on-one, when I did make the active roster, because now I was in better shape, I was up to speed. I still stayed after practice and did one-on-ones anyway. And coaches like, "Dude, well go inside. You don't need to do one-on-ones." But I wanted to because I'm like, okay, this high motion is brand new. You have to play it differently. And I I, and I was I worked hard in practice, and so. Okay, we, the banjo bowl comes second time around. I'm starting. He's like, you got to lock down number one. You know, end up, you know, playing pretty good. You know, I have four tackles, four fumble, and we end up winning the game. And so now I'm like, okay, I- I'm the guy. And what's interesting, though, is leading up to that game, guys did not know. The other guys in the room didn't know I was starting that week. I thought we all knew. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting because we all have a good vibe. First of all, when I got there, I love all the players there. Um, the people were awesome. Uh, I came in there. And the biggest thing for me is I wanted to make sure I came in, in the building with no ego. Like everyone knows I played 12 years. Like I don't need to say anything. Everyone knows I have a Super Bowl. I don't need to say anything. So it's I'm not going to walk around my chest open. I'm like, listen, because the thing with me is right, I'm on the ultimate team player. Right. And in, in, um, in college, I was a starting corner ranked you know, for the draft. And I moved to wide receiver. Why would I do that? Because I was trying to win. Same thing. I played multiple positions in the NFL. Why? Well, how do you play 12? You don't play 12 years by being a jerk. You know what I'm saying? You play 12 years by being the ultimate team player. And that was the thing. When I got there, I was like, okay, guys, help me out, help you, help you guys out. And let's do it collectively. And um, when the next week came about, I'm like, okay, we're going over the game plan. And again, we don't know who's starting. I'm like, oh, there's a there's a rotation here, like that I don't know about. And so I I remember in one meeting, I was like, I raised my hand. I said, who's starting? <laughs> and one of the coaches said, well, if no one talked to you, then you know what it is. You're not starting. I was like, I don't understand. Like I'm trying to figure out like what's going on here. You know, like it was so confusing, and I just felt a little bit of, of weird energy, especially me helping guys out. Like some coaches had a problem with that, you know. Um, it was a small incident where they, like these guys had mandatory cold tub. Okay. And I get it. Like some guys may not be responsible for taking care of their body. You want to get healthy, but I found alternative things to, to heal myself. Like I stopped getting in the cold tub in 2009. Okay. I I do not like the cold tub. So I found other ways to get myself. And, and again, that was something I was like, well, you need to get in there because we said so. And I'm like, okay, guys, like, like let's, let's, let's put our egos down and let's like be on the same page, because I'm here to help help you guys out and what have you. So there there was a lot of things that happened, So but this was the icing on the cake, right? So remember when I told you, if you're on the active roster, you do not have to do one-on-ones, right? And th- meantime, I'm 34 with multiple surgeries and we're practicing on that turf every day. And I remember I did one-on-ones when I didn't have to. So uh, I forget which game it was, but it, I believe it was a Friday and we have a game Sunday. So he's like, okay, these these list of guys have to stay after and do one-on-ones and already I'm already I already had like a problem because these guys were doing all kinds of weird things behind the scenes you know to me so when he when my name was on the list that I had to do mandatory one-on-ones after practice I was like oh I was like no way like one am my body is sore You know what I'm saying? Because I'm practicing every day and I'm on the active roster. Well, you have to do it because we said so. And I'm like, gosh, I'm like, why? Why are you guys being like this? And I never, I never cussed anybody out. I never MF'd anyone, never did any of that stuff. And so a couple of guys went. I remember Jovan, he went and and did it. And uh, Chris went and did one-on-ones. And I went in the locker room. I was like, guys, I'm not doing one-on-ones today. You know, like you said, if you're on the active roster, you're not. So I go in. And then the coach, uh, I think Shivers came in, he said, like, you're not gonna do one-on-ones today. I was like, I was like, bro, like, I'm so sore. I did everything you guys asked. I did everything you guys asked. Like, can I just get a break today? I'm not doing one-on-ones. He's like, all right, fine. So then I go upstairs to sign um, the, ro- the uh, form saying that I'm not gonna play this week. Again, the rotation that I didn't know about. And, and it so happens that the form that I was gonna sign to say that I'm not going to play this week happened to be a form that said you're being released. <laughs> so I went up. Oh, yeah, bro. I went up. No, it's crazy. I went upstairs thinking that I'm going to sign a form saying that I'm going to not be active this week. And then then jail like, you know, Jones is going to release you. And I'm like, and I just started laughing and he said, it's a numbers thing. I said you guys are so full of it. a numbers thing. He's like, yeah. I was like, no, you guys are upset because I didn't want to do one on one. So you want to prove a point like I don't care who you are. I know you came from the NFL. We're going to release you anyway to prove a point. You know what I mean? And I thought that was I thought that was jacked up because I honestly came out there again with no ego. I had and I loved the C- CFL. I think it's incredible football. I think there's amazing players there. like I'm always on Twitter active promoting, you know, swerve. Because Kyron Moore, I think he, he belongs in the NFL. And there's a couple of guys. Sammy, you know, obviously is there in the Dolphins. And there's so many players. And I think it's great football. I was excited to be there and to help. And so for, for them to do that, it was like, you know, it, it, it was ridiculous. You know, that's well, so is- I'm, I'm not. I'm not upset or bitter towards anybody. I'm just stating the facts. You know what I mean?
3: Well, you just wanted to get it off your chest. What's funny is fans from all other CFL teams are writing in live. Jeff in Calgary, LOL, Monday morning, rider dirt. I love it. John. No, John my and, gosh. I know. John in Winnipeg. Chris Jones is full of beep. So whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. It
5: well, is. Yeah, fun- and, I, and, I have, yeah. and I have, and I have, listen, and I have, I have right now. I have no animosity, anything towards Chris Jones. I have nothing towards him. The situation was a situation, you know, he gave me, yeah, he gave me the opportunity to come up there and play ball. We came to an agreement that I was gonna play and start. He had different plans. It is what it is. The thing for me, man, is that I never I never burn any bridges. It is like you make a decision, is it because you wanted to prove a point? Then that's your business decision. Now, if you make a decision because you don't like me as a person, then again, that's your problem. I'm me, I'm so everything wore off my back, dude. I I don't have an issue with anybody or anything. You know, I've been I've been burned before, so it's all Hey, good. so
3: 12 years in the NFL, as you said, and those are coveted spots. Now you're on NFL Network where hi- highly coveted spots, even maybe more highly because there's less of them. How do you keep your thoughts to those little 30 to 60 second windows when you just did a 12 minute answer, which, by the way, I have no problem with. But how do you condense your thoughts for national TV like that?
5: Uh, the, I just get to the point, really, you know, I, I think for stories like that, you know, there are certain details that had to be said, but usually I just get to the point, you know, because sometimes if you, especially with stories like this that are, are pertaining to me in particular, I have to give the fine print because, you know, media things can get miscrewed, you know, as, as we see all the time. Um, but yeah, for TV, I just get to the point, say my hot take, believe it, be convincing. And then that's that. How much do you.
3: How much do you love it? Because you're literally on there smiling all the time. Like, no, it's cool. Right now, um,
5: right now, I'm not with NFL uh, Network. Um, Yeah. I actually, I was. I actually auditioned last year because I really want to call games. That's my number one thing. I want to be in the booth and call games. I did it one time and and just loved it. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll find out the twenty twenty one. Hopefully, you know things are better because of COVID. You know there weren't any major hires last year, but I enjoy. It. I love being up there. I love talking football. Um, and and that's the biggest thing. I've been. I played football from ages age of six to thirty six, and I just love sharing everything I know.
3: Well, and speaking of uh, your take on Sunday's conference championship games, did they go the way? you thought they would
5: i had kansas city in it from the start the other team i had was seattle and then somebody one of my colleagues were like dude you know if he doesn't have if seattle doesn't have a number one defense it's not happening and they did not have a number one defense so half of it yes um uh, i thought man it's it's funny like i thought green bay had a chance but man you know it's that that tampa bay team was just ready to go you know tom brady with a with a loaded weapon man it was you know, he's dangerous, and, and it showed exactly what it was. They, they found the weak link on the, on the left side of the field, and they just attacked it. Even if he threw three picks, he still threw TD, three TDs, and, and the defense showed up when they needed to.
3: Well, just imagine if you're on the field on defense, for instance, if you're with the Bucks, Packers are down eight with two minutes to go, and they send the field goal team out on fourth down. What would you be thinking in that? Because I was like, what are you doing? You're waving the white flag here. That's what I thought.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it like, okay – I, I hear what he was saying. Like, essentially, they did have four timeouts, right? You had the two-minute warning, and you still had mm-hmm. your three timeouts. And the defense has three picks already, you know? So I get, okay, let's kick the field goal. And you'll still need a touchdown, but you won't need a field goal, you know, um, or a two-point conversion. So I, I I get all that, you know? Um it can go either way. Now I just now if you did not have all those things and I it, it makes sense, but I can see where he's like, okay, we're getting we're getting turnovers we have four timeouts really. And so I can see why he did that.
3: Uh, so just a last thought, Will, on Super Bowl fifty five. Is Brady going to finish it off? What do you think?
5: I hope I hope he gets number seven and gets out of here. <laughs> okay. That's, you know, I, I, people are looking like, well, he has six. What's his motivation? I'm like, there's so many things, you know, one, get number seven. Two, you know, win without Bill. And three, he win with another team because, you know, his, I guess his rival, Peyton Manning, won with two teams as well. So I think that's what he's trying to do. So it's, it's, it's super cool, man, to, to watch him because his, his biggest attribute is his mind. I think he is the, probably one of the most mentally tough. Um, just athletes to ever live um, on this earth, you know, just, just to play quarterback. And I talked to young quarterbacks all the time. I said, every, you can have an incredible arm. You can have all these cool physical attributes and traits, but the biggest thing is your mind. Like, can you just walk into a room and just lift everyone's energy? Like people right now on social media, are like, Oh, he threw three interceptions. You know, he didn't play well. I said, he threw three TDs, but the defense, I go, okay. He walked into that building and just, uplifted the aura so guys are just going to play play harder in general because they know they have tom brady like as a defender when you have an ace as quarterback you're like oh man at least we know if we're in a if we're in a rut we got somebody to bail us out you know like that's so comforting
3: well i hope that he wins uh, obviously and but it's gonna be hard to, <laughs> hard to turn down 25 million next year to come back for year two of the two-year deal right why why would he walk away if he doesn't have to
5: no, that's what happened with Favre. When Favre came out of retirement, they were like, why'd you come out of retirement? He said $20 million. That's why I came out of retirement. Exactly. And $25 million yeah. in Florida is different, okay?
3: You no income tax. Almost
5: all that money. Yeah. That's
3: right. <laughs> all right, Will. Good to catch up with you, man. We're following very closely what you're doing. I appreciate the time. And uh, stay safe down there in the OC, and hopefully we can do it again.
5: No, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it.
3: NFL CFL alum Will Blackman joining us from... Orange County. We got Mo Egger of uh, ESPN 1530 Cincinnati coming up and Sportsnet's Arash Medani. But uh, hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. That was amazing. By the way, from Craig Smith, our director of scouting, writing in, respect your game, Will. Saw you in camp with the Packers and Giants a decade ago. Best of luck in the future. That from a 20-year pro scout, Craig Smith. We'll be back with a sports update. CFL report coming up. It's Monday morning coffee get-together. The RP Show continues in a moment on Game Plus TV. Facebook and YouTube Live, and listen live at rodpeterson.com.
2: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now, back to the studio with Rob.
3: All right, welcome back, everybody, and thanks for holding through the break. Oh, boy, that was fun with Will Blackman, and I feel like it's taken 47 minutes to just just coast for a little bit. The warm-up was hot, hot, hot. The Will Blackman interview, just as much. I don't know where to to go from there. I have... and what's interesting is a lot of the Winnipeg viewers chiming in on the Jets' loss yesterday and their thoughts on that. There's so many other things going on. And then Clark Campbell writes in, one of the viewers, I cannot wait for this Cincy guy. Me either, actually. Mo Egger from ESPN 1530 Cincinnati, who tore me a new one on Friday afternoon. People thought I was actually upset about that. Are you, are you kidding me? I love that stuff. I live for that stuff. Anyways, to the Jets. Better late than never, as I look at the sports update here, Leon Dreisidel scored a game-winning goal for the Edmonton Orders with less than a second to go against the Winnipeg Jets Sunday. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Kyle Turris, and Kyler Yamamoto also scored for Edmonton. The win snapped a three-game winning streak for the Jets. Wayne Simmons scored his first goal as a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs in a 3-2 win over the Calgary Flames. Austin Matthews and Jake Muzzin also scored a goal in the Maple Leafs' victory. The game was played hours after the announcement of George Armstrong's passing. The Leafs legend was 90 years old. Coming through all of this, these comments are coming like crazy. Chris Schrader, good morning, RP crew. Hate to rub it into all my fellow Saskies on this frigid morning, but I'm watching from hot Houston, Texas. And, Rod, you will forever be the voice of the riders in my mind. Take care. He's referring to the poll question today, which we will get to. Taylor Solely says, hey, Rod, it was great to hear what goes on behind the scenes with Will Blackman. Oh, I know. I have a feeling that that interview with Will Blackman going to live in infamy for some time. 3downnation.com is going to be all over that. Smith Falls, Ontario native Brooke Henderson finished in ninth place at the Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions in Buena Vista, Florida Sunday. She shot a 70 in her final round. Jessica Corda defeated Daniel Kang in a playoff to win the tourney. OG Ananobi scored 30 points in a 107 102 Raptors win over the Indiana Pacers Sunday. Toronto's now won five of their last six. Don't look now, the LA Clippers have won seven in a row. Kawhi Leonard scored 34 points in a 108 101 victory over the Oklahoma City Thunder. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room and uh, for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. Listen. We're going to go to break and come back with viewer takeover. And miraculously, we're suddenly back on time. We're going to talk about that poll question today. Mo Egger, more on Will Blackman, more on what happened in the NHL Sunday. We'll talk about this Scotia North division. And why am I the only one calling it that? Lots to come on DuPont's birthday. It's the RP Show, Game Plus TV. Now live daily on YouTube and listen live at rodpeterson.com.
2: Head to youtube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson.
3: All right, welcome back, everybody. Far
2: too less time. Not enough time
3: left in this segment. And we'll get to this big news in the CFL here. Big speculation. But the, the poll question today is for Capital Automall, Universal Collision Center. When you think of RP, you think of dot, 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 Voice of the Riders, host of the RP show, some guy in Canada or other. 55% are saying Voice of the Riders, and I get it because that was the case for 20 seasons and on Facebook, the majority saying host of the RP show. But when Pat, Pat McAfee refers to me as some guy in Canada took it as a shot, or now the Cincinnati ESPN guy saying a dude in Canada that's becoming a thing and DuPont wants to make it a T-shirt. And uh, Matt Herbert, whom I appreciate, writes in and says he thinks of me as the voice of the Prince Albert Raiders, which is pretty exciting. And Carlos in Indianapolis says all of the above. Anyways, enough about me. It's just a fun question today. Here's the, I had a CFL report all written down and ready to go. And then this comes out today. This from Three Down Nation. It's possible that the Scott Milanovic era will be coming to an end in in Edmonton before it even really began. Former CFL quarterback and assistant coach Marcus Brady was named the Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinator last week, and the team is rumored to be looking at Milanovic as a potential assistant. Jason Lakinfora, NFL insider, tweeted, with the Colts having openings on their offensive staff, can't help but wonder if Frank Wright Wright takes a look at Edmonton head coach Scott Milanovic, who he hoped to hire in the past. Very well thought of quarterback guy. Worked previously in Jacksonville. Smart dude. So there's a stink bomb dropped on the CFL on this Monday. We'll talk about it all next hour. And we've got Mo Egger from ESPN Cincy in a rash coming up. Stick with us.
2: Let's make some noise. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit
0: rodpeterson.com.